to Sweet Tea and D&D. I'm your co-host, Adrian. I'm Thomas. And I'm Zach. And we're... And we're bad at clapping. Late. <laughs> late. <laughs> we are very late. So was my clap to sync up our audio. So, you know, it... It'll all work it works. out I post. stopped counting. It'll, it will all work out in post. I will make sure we sound all right. Yeah, you know Audacity counts for you, right? You don't you don't have to count. It did, but as soon as it got to eight, I was like, oh, better start counting down. And Thomas was already counting down, and I wasn't paying attention. And so <laughs> here we are. Pay attention are. to me sometimes, okay? I need I it. just, you're such a small screen on my computer right now. Let's fix that. You don't have me full screen? Jeez. No, no you're taking up terrifying. a whole monitor on our Not actually like, no he's got like you half screen but it's a big monitor it's a large yeah i gotcha are we ready are y'all ready to talk about some monsters and shit mm-hmm. probably <laughs> actually i, I only I made it like a minute book. to start cursing do what i just took a minute to say a curse word it's <sighs> great so every it's, time it's i check off record. explicit on an episode i'm like it's for adrian and in truth it's probably both of us <laughs> oh yeah for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah. All right, Thomas, where are we going in our monster manual today? In our monster manual, we are opening to page 46. Still on this ASMR kick thing? Or is it your radio voice? I don't oh, know the difference. Oh, this is my... Wait, wait. <laughs> mm. If you ASMR listen to the radio and think, mm, ASMR... Wasn't late night radio always like ASMR? I don't know. Oh no, I didn't listen to late I night radio. I guess kind of like chill vibes, type like thing low, deep, soft. Welcome yeah. to Tom and Tim <laughs> and the dulcet tones. No, I hate it. You hate it. Tonight, just read the book. We're going to be talking about the Dark Mantle. All right, Dark Mantle. <laughs> Remind oh, me again God. why we're on this quest. Said Ethel Reed, the fighter, after his first Dark Mantle encounter. That's just a little bit of flavor text. Just right there at the beginning. Just throw that right in there. Ooh. Ooh. Just, I was like, what? I don't know. You tell me. You're reading the book. Yeah. Yeah. So, a Dark Mantle clings to cavern ceilings, remaining perfectly steel as it waits for creatures to pass beneath it. From a distance, it can pass itself off as a stalactite or a lump of stone. Then it drops from the ceiling and unfurls surrounding itself with magical darkness as it engulfs and crushes its prey. Dark mantles are found throughout the Underdark, but they are equally common in the Shadowfell. Thriving in that dark realm, they fill an ecological niche, 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 similar to bats on the material plane. They eat insects? Whatever. Intelligent creatures of the Shadowfell sometimes train dark mantles as guardians or companions. Alright, so this thing... It looks like a squid, squid, but with a lot of, like, like the webbing bit extends further down its tentacles. And then all of its tentacles yeah. have, like, the arrow points, like like a stingray tail. Or like a like your typical devil tail, yeah. where it's the devil triangle tail. on very, the end. Very stabby. Does and then it it's got extra eyes, eyes or something. Extra eyes oh, up no. there. It's, yeah. It's I see four, but I'm wondering if they go all the way they around. Go all, yeah. I can't tell. I'm just kind of thinking this is like, you've ever seen, or have you ever tried to take a patio umbrella down? Yeah. Um, Where you're just like cranking it down and then it, and then it crushes you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm getting Having... that, but imagine also stabby. Well, that, that combined with an stabby. octopus and squid. It's a squid, not an octopus. 
Um, but he's got suckers. Look at those suckers. Don't squids not have suckers? Octopus no, does. Don't. Squid does oh, not. I should know that stuff. But yeah. Yeah. You have a degree in. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Neither. None of us are biologists. None of us are marine biologists. I am a she biologist. She is a biologist. I am not a marine not biologist. We are. I have a background in marine biology, but not the squid kind. Mine are all mammals. So uh, I can help you on this one. Yeah. Mine are all invertebrates, but I guess those squids are invertebrates. Damn. I'm not helping yeah. myself. I don't study animals. Or I wish I didn't. I'm just kidding. It's why I can't eat fish. <laughs> That's unfortunate. They are delicious. I'll unpack that with my therapist. Let's go ahead. Uh, all right. All right. That's That was the total... That's all they say about these things. That's why we started right, with that right. succulent flavor text. I do not like succulent ever being used to describe a monster in d <laughs> I mean, I, I was describing the flavor text. If they're going to call it flavor yeah. texts, I mean, it can be succulent, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I guess. All right. Stat block. Dark mantle. He's a small monstrosity. Unaligned. Oh, he's small. He's a cute little. So maybe not like a patio umbrella, but like a normal umbrella. Like a normal. Yeah. yeah, He's a a cute little monstrosity. One of those pop ones that just kind of like pops up when you click the button. That's what he's like. Yeah. It's like a umbrella, like a just a normal ass rain umbrella. Umbrella. Like the pocket ones that you put in your bag. Okay. Armor class of an eleven. <laughs> she said a regular ass umbrella, and I said an ass umbrella. Oh. It was. Delayed. I bet it has an ass. Uh it crushes you. Animals with got it. a poop. It's ass. Uh it looks like it. It would be a a combo in and out situation. <laughs> oh, like a cloaca, a multi porp. Porpoise. A multi-porpoise, <laughs> a multi-porpoise purpose. Purpose, porpoise. Yes. All right. Yes. Armor class of 11, hit points of 22, a speed of 10 feet, a flying speed of 30 feet. So All right. this is an air octopus. Fly. I guess yes. it, it hangs from the ceiling. It's got to get up there somehow. He's got a strength of 16, a dex of 12, a con of 13, an intelligence of 2, which I'm really flagging because i almost read that as an an initiative of two (laughs) Mm. a wisdom of 10 and a charisma of five uh skills he's a stealth plus three uh blind sight for 60 feet and a passive perception of 10 no languages he's a challenge rating of one half so he's yeah so hard he's got Echolocation. The dark mantle can't use its blind sight while deafened. Interesting. Oh, so this okay. really this really is a bat that just looks like a squid instead. They were just like, what if bats I were think squids? So. Yeah. Yeah, that was probably the pitch at D and D's office. They're like, What if bats were squids? <laughs> and then the the, the, the <laughs> and Cooper was like, squid. That's terrifying. <laughs> Sorry, Dad, stop that. Yeah. Uh, false appearance. While the dark mantle remains motionless, it is indistinguishable from a cave formation such as a stalactite or a stalagmite. He had good. He had good. In cave. Like that. While he remains motionless. Yeah, cave formations. Okay. I assume Actions. You want in dark places. Actions. 
Crush is a melee weapon attack. It's a plus five to hit, a reach of five feet, one creature. On a hit, it does 1d6 plus three bludgeoning damage, and the Dark Mantle attaches to the target. If the target is medium or small, and the Dark Mantle has advantage on the attack roll, it attaches by engulfing the target's head. Oh no! And the target is also blinded and unable to breathe while the Dark Mantle is attached in this way. So if he sneaks up on you and he gets advantage... He just falls on your fucking head and, and just swallows attaches your himself. head. Yes. While attached... I think that's kind of like... I think these should come with like a label like don't let near children suffocating warning. Uh-huh. Suffocation warning? Yeah. Yep. While attached to the target, the Dark Mantle can attack no other creature except the target but has advantage on its attack rolls. The Dark Mantle's speed also becomes zero. It can't benefit from any bonus to its speed and it moves with the target. Yeah. It's, it's all, on their head. Yeah, it's attached to their head. That's general attached it, to it head It seems things. like logic, but you've really got to spell these things out in rules because people will ask. A creature can detach the Dark Mantle by making a successful DC 13 strength check as an action. On its turn, the Dark Mantle can detach itself from the target by using five feet of movement. So half its movement. Um, And then once per day, it has Darkness Aura. A 15-foot radius of magical darkness extends out from the Dark Mantle, moves with it, and spreads around corners. The darkness lasts as long as the Dark Mantle maintains concentration, up to 10 minutes, as if concentrating on a spell. Uh, Dark Vision can't penetrate this darkness, and no natural light can illuminate it. If any of the darkness overlaps with an area of light created by a spell of second level or lower, the spell creating the light is dispelled. Oh, that's fun. Same as the normal darkness spell. Yeah. And he can cast that once per day. Hello, Cooper. Yeah. Cooper's joined the recording. Well, he's at least joined the video chat. (laughs) But yeah. You can't hear him, but he's been barking this entire time, too. So, yeah. I've heard him a couple times. Now he's. But yeah, that's been a few more. That is. The long and the short, or the short and the short. Okay, but I it's love this short. thing. Like, you just, like, wander into a cave, and then, like, squid bats start just falling on your head and engulfing party members. That is incredible. I just, the visual is lovely. I love it. I think it would be a very comedic point for, like, a little bit of comedic break. Like, you don't really need to, like... I guess I'm thinking more along the lines of, like, hey, um... The parties have some hard times in the Underdark because it says they're in the Underdark pretty much only. So Uh, troubled times, you're in the Underdark. Out of nowhere, uh, you're having mid-conversation. The room gets dark and suddenly one of the players is no longer talking because their face has been suffocated. Is is Shadowfell Underdark? It says equally common in the Shadowfell. Oh. Oh, so they're also in the Shadowfell. Oh, throughout the Underdark, you're right. In yeah. Thunderdark and Shadowfell. Okay. Yep. So, um, I like this because it deafens the creature. So, a uh, deafened he... creature, yeah, as long as they're on the head, uh, can't hear and automatically fails ability checks that require hearing. Um, part of me thinks this would be a really, really funny way if you train these to, like, 
Oh, okay. Here's an unrelated way to use these. <laughs> uh, would be if you're in the Underdark, like maybe there's a group that's taking you to their secret base of like drow kicked out of their society or whatever. And right. they're like, sorry, we're out of paper bags to put over your head. Here, take this dark mantle. Well, <laughs> just stick it on. Uh, but you also can't breathe. Yeah, it's pretty, can't go on too long. I mean, if it's as long as it's only a few minutes away, because most players can hold their breath for like a minute or two. Right. So, like, right before they come to the secret entrance, they're like, hey, put this dark mantle on your head. Yeah, it can at least, like, prevent them so, from seeing how to, like, access, like, get in, like, break a unbreakable door or whatever. Yeah. And check out um, our previous episode on suffocation. There's another episode where we talked about that. Yes. So you'll know about that one. Mm-hmm. But in terms of using this, I think it's kind of straightforward, don't mm-hmm. you think? Yeah. I think the biggest thing is just to get the drop on a party member in the front or the back. Or if the creature's like, you know, that one looks like the easiest target to squeeze the life out of their skulls, uh, go for that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you definitely like say... picking them off on the back of the party, don't yeah. you? Well, and I have to assume yeah. these occur in, like, packs, right? Like, I'm thinking, flocks. I'm still thinking flocks. flocks. Yeah, maybe flocks is the right word. Because, yeah, because, like, if you think about, like, a cave of bats, there's... Yeah, I'd have three or four around for, like, a party. It's just, I think you're right that this is just fun comedy. Like, not make it, like, a real challenge, but it's just a fun yeah. thing that happens. I don't know. Half half CR and you have, like, three of them would be a challenge to a, like, level one party, level two party. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah would, for level one party. On but if you're talking level two, three, yeah, four. But they don't have, like, well, okay, darkness. Uh, obviously, it's going to get dark yeah. on them. That'll be the yeah. biggest thing because they won't have any way to illuminate it above a level two light spell. Yep. Unless... And darkness imposes disadvantage on the attack of the creature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So because one, the creature is suffocated and they can't see, they're not able to attack the creature. They're also have a thing sucking the life out of their face. Yeah. They they're know... already at disadvantage. They know where it's at though. <laughs> yeah. But also, if somebody's trying to help you in the darkness, they can't see. Right. Mm-hmm. So they can't help pull it off in another round without a disadvantage. Oh, yeah. Right? You think that would give disadvantage on the strength check? I would, because if you're going in blind and you can't No, no, no. It, the... I would say for the person who has it on their head, no. But if someone's like... if like Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. If it's like on their head. Off, yeah. Uh, that would be kind of a comedic moment type thing of like, pull it off, and it's just muffled. Uh, it is also important yeah. that they are suffocated, which means if it's a caster, they cannot do vocal components to their spells. Oh, yeah. That's very fun. Yep. Take out your caster for a few minutes if you can use And that's the, that's the other thing. You can use this as a... Um, a kind of control thing with another enemy. Like they do say they're trained to guard areas right. and stuff like that. So you could have them trained to target casters first and they just go in and yeah. knock. Look them for the ones so with the big pointy hats. No. Yeah. Find the wizard, uh, find the, find the druid. Uh, so th- th- other than that, it's sneak up on them with the darkness smell, 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 <laughs> the darkness and, smell, uh, the darkness smell. You'll never know when it's coming. Uh, and um, just, tap them on the head and then remember to use the rules for darkness when it comes to disadvantage on combat uh the only person who could probably benefit from this is anyone high enough level to cast a magic spell of light above level two or anybody with the eldritch invocation devil sight where they can see through darkness or anybody high enough to have true sight Mm. so yeah uh dark vision doesn't work in general yep 
cool. some exciting stuff. I like it. It's like a simple monster, but it could be very fun and useful depending on what you're using. Mm-hmm. It for. Yeah, be fun. I mean, maybe the party has something that would cast the light spell at a higher level, but like in the heat of the moment, maybe they do or don't remember they have such a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also it's- like for if you're talking like spell scrolls, if you're casting something higher level than what you can cast, you have to make a check on that. Yep. Right. Yeah. Unless it's a magical item producing it. That's what but, I that oh, was yeah, where yeah. I That's was true. going. Like yeah. Daylight, um, sunbeams although I think daylight isn't technically I don't remember. One of them specifically states it's sunlight and the other one doesn't. It's just radiant energy. Mm. Uh so one of them impacts vampires, the other one doesn't, or other creatures that are uh have issues with sunlight. But yeah, it, th- those spells, Sunbeam, Daylight, are all bright enough to do something, but the spell Light or Dancing Lights is all a cantrips. It will not help you. Mm-hmm. It gets consumed by the spell. Yeah. Well, Alright, so what do we got for our magic item for the day? All right, oh, guys. Adrian brought us a very special rod. Very good rod. Mm. What is oh, the name of this rod? I didn't like how you said that. <laughs> Do it? Oh, oh! Now I can't make an appropriate joke. Thomas said we're <laughs> only when we're not too. recording. Jeez, come on! <laughs> that, oh, that's not true me. at all. Uh, today we are talking about the Rod of Lordly Might. It is in the Dungeon Master's Guide. Yep, still called the Dungeon Master's Guide. Page <laughs> has been for about twenty episodes. Now, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> someday, someday we'll remember, but we won't. But not on a Friday evening, no. Uh, it's on page 196. This will be released to like Monday anyways. With the other rods. There's a whole section of rods. Um, they come after robes. <laughs> Almost like it's alphabetical. Almost. What? <laughs> the book's alphabetical? That's it silly. is. Alright. I've never heard such a thing. There's some other things I wish were alphabetical that are not. Okay. That's a really vague thing. <laughs> so vague. I need you to elaborate on that. Was just just work things okay where lists of users are not in any sort of alphabetical he's complaining order. about programs that he has to use at work um, periodic tables those not, could be those could we're be. nerds we should stop talking um yeah All right. what's what's the rod of power rod of lordly might it is Jesus, lordly might that right. was close no. right. quit 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 talking through your dog <laughs> It is legendary and requires attunement. Um, that will make sense when you hear all the shit this thing can do. It's so cool. Yeah. Um, this rod has a flanged head. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I paused Why for I paused to let him make a joke, and he la- he was giggling too hard to make a joke about it. <laughs> she she said this rod has a flanged head, and then she looked at me. <laughs> I was just waiting. <laughs> I just thought you'd have one for that. <laughs> I was sipping. And it functions as a magic mace that grants a plus three bonus to attack and damage rolls made with it. The rod has pr- properties associated with six different buttons that are set in a row along the haft. It has three other properties as well, detailed below. So, the six buttons. Um, you can press one of the rod's six buttons as a bonus action. A button's effect lasts until you push a different button, or until you push the same button again, which causes it to revert to its normal form, which is the mace. If you press button one, it becomes a flame tongue, as a fiery blade sprouts from the end opposite the rod's flanged head. Um, and I was prepared, and I also looked up flame tongue, which is a weapon... 
Hey, uh, what a flame tongue comes out of my flanged head. Shut up. <laughs> there you go. Oh, it took you a long time to get there. All right. Drink your. I hope you're drinking like Fireball or something. Yeah, <laughs> no, just whiskey. Just, just Canadian whiskey. Canadian. There's no fire to it. Um, you can. So the for fire. the flame tongue. You can use a bonus action to speak this magic sword's command word, causing flames to erupt from the blade. These flames shed bright light in 40-foot radius and dim light an additional 40. While the sword is ablaze, it deals an extra 2d6 fire damage to any target it hits. The flames last until you use a bonus action to speak the command word again or until you drop or sheath the sword. So that's button one. You get the flame tongue. Sword, it casts, it gets on fire, it does fire damage. Mace turns into a sword that will also do fire damage. Yep. And light the way. Yep. So, button two, the flanged head folds down and two crescent-shaped blades spring out, transforming it into a magical battle axe that grants plus three bonus to attack and damage rolls made with it. Button three... Is that different from the mix? I guess it's 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 slashing damage as opposed to bludgeoning damage. Yep, they're just different right. damage types, right? Because with a sword... Well, a sword is still slashing. Yeah, but it's a fire sword. Well, yeah, I guess that's true. There's other benefits there. Yeah, I've been trying to think of the benefits between, like, a mace and a sword and a battle axe in which I might use because I happen to have all three of those right now and I'm just carrying them on my player because... And I just use one. Fucking they all they're all like the same plus whatever, so I don't switch between them because Nobody cares about carrying <laughs> capacity. Do whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. Or or I imagine uh uh Oh gosh, what's it called? How long something lasts. Right? Does your does your equipment degrade over time? Uh we're not doing I mean, it's been like six months in our campaign, so we aren't really dealing with that yet, at least. But yeah, but we don't have any other fighters who use like martial weapons. So I just get all the weapons, and we keep finding weapons. <laughs> I've got a horde. Well, um, you have to give something up at some point. So with buttons one, two, and three plus the regular, you've got four different weapons in this one item that all do slightly different types of damage, but are all basically plus three bonuses. Wait, what was the third? Oh, I didn't cover number three. Okay, number that's three. What I thought. Sorry. If you press button three, that folds the flanged head folds down and it becomes a spear. Um Jeez. it lengthens into a six foot haft, transforming into a spear that grants a plus three bonus to damage attack and damage rolls. So do spears have reach or can you like, like um, You can throw a spear. You can throw a spear, and I think spears are only five feet. They're still only five oh, feet. Not a, long arms. Oh, you need like a half? Or not a half. A uh, halberd. Halberd. Okay. Yeah. Or glaive. Mm-hmm. Pole arm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. With those three buttons and the default, you've got four subtly different weapons there. Button four. Now we're to non-weapon uses. If you press button four, the rod transforms into a climbing pole up to 50 feet long, as you specify. In surfaces as hard as granite, a spike at the bottom of, at the bottom and three hooks at the top anchor the pole. Horizontal bars three inches long fold out from the sides one foot apart, forming a ladder. The pole can bear up to 4,000 pounds. (laughs) It's a legendary item. Yeah. I know, but it's just so useful, right? Um, Zach is just making 
A face. Lots of faces. Lots I'm of going faces. On a face oh, we're journey. only halfway done, my man. This thing does so much shit. Um, Do it. So if you have more than 4,000 pounds or don't anchor it, it reverts to its normal form and you all fall and die, I guess. Uh, but 50 feet, just a 50 foot ladder that you can just like, I got a ladder now. That's insane. Um, I wish I had one. <laughs> if you press button five, the rod transforms into a handheld battering ram and grants a user a plus 10 bonus to strength checks made to break through doors, barricades, or other barriers. So now you've got four weapons, a battering ram, and a ladder. Button six, uh, you get a compass. If you press button six, the rod assumes or remains in its normal form and indicates magnetic north. Um, Nothing happens if it's in a location that has no magnetic north. The rod also gives you knowledge of your approximate depth beneath the ground or your height above it. So it gives you a compass and your elevation for button six. Which seems less useful, but if you're like lost, could be very useful. <laughs> yeah, if you're if you have this and you know Dimension Door and like, wow, I'm taken underground and I have the ability to cast the spell and really don't want to be here anymore. How far underground am I? All right, aiming up 500 feet. Yeet! Nice. So, yeah. All right. So those are the six buttons. Now we've got three other properties that you can use once a day. Oh, jeez. This item's insane. <laughs> OP rod. It is legendary. It is legendary. My OP rod. Um, the first property is drain life. When you hit a creature with a melee attack using the rod, you can force the target to make a DC 17 constitution saving throw. On a failure, the target takes an extra 46 necrotic damage, and you regain a number of hit points equal to half that necrotic damage. This property can't be used again until the next dawn. Um, property two is paralyzed when you hit a creature with a melee attack using the rod. You force the target to make a DC 17 strength saving throw. On a failure, the target is paralyzed for one minute. The target repeats the saving throw at the end of each of its turn, ending the effect on a success. And then the third property is terrify. While holding the rod, you can use an action of force. An action to force each creature you can see within 30 feet of you to make a DC 17 wisdom saving throw. On a failure, the target is frightened of you for one minute. A frightened target repeats the saving throw at the end of each turn, and in the effect on success, this property can't be used until the next dawn. I mean, that's basically anybody that sees a rod with six buttons is terrified. They're like, oh shit, I know what that thing is. Can you imagine just holding it and you're just like 50 foot ladder and it just yeets itself across the <laughs> Like whatever you just punched? Yes, I just punched my microphone stand. <laughs> <laughs> Ow! Yeah. I think- it's not my day, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I think this is one of the funnest weapons or uh, items I've come across. It just does so much shit. Like, well, yeah. Like four different weapons. Three different non-weapon things, all these properties, like, it's just, like, obviously this is for a high-level <laughs> So player. which NPC are you going to give this to? <laughs> yeah, this is definitely something, like, a ruler or, like, a really well-known combatant would have who, like, earned fame. Yeah. And now has this weapon that they found or forged. Or, or he's this really well-known uh, 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 fighter warrior he's got these you know great tales about him but turns out he can't do shit without this yeah he doesn't know how to because it only it says it only weighs two pounds and it doesn't say anything about its weight leaving so changing with the item so imagine if it's like a two pound ladder but sturdy right 
And also imagine that like every weapon he conjures out of it only weighs two pounds. Yeah. So he can't lift a normal weapon. He does all these great things, but he's like not. Or a gallon of milk in hindsight. (laughs) Yeah, that's about eight. Eight gallons. Eight pounds, yeah. (laughs) Eight gallons per gallon. Eight gallons per gallon. (laughs) We put more milk in your milk so you can drink milk while you drink milk. Yes. I've seen somebody use like a post on like Twitter or something that's like, my roommate just added evaporated milk to his milk so he could drink more milk per milk. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) hmm. That's hmm, terrible. that's an idea. No. That's I hate idea. it. That sounds disgusting. Instead of my, you know... Adding ice to his milk, because what the fuck? What's wrong with ice and milk? That's just so weird. I've never seen it. When, and you, why, are we, you, why are we bringing this up now? Because you were... We're shaming you. You were thinking about it. I can see it. It's the opposite of evaporated milk guy. Watering down milk guy. Except down you hate milk. white milk. I drink it like before the milk? ice like milk. Like skim milk and lo- low oh. fat. Low fat, that's the word, not light. Light, light milk. In any other, I mean, in a lot thing. of dairy things, it's like light sour cream. Like, that means low fat. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm not crazy. You're good. I just don't like milk that much. Oh, I don't drink it's milk. It's fine in other things. I can't drink milk. No, God, no. Just I don't a really big, like cereal tall... that much either cold glass of iced milk i like cereal i don't drink my milk Mm-mm. sometimes i, I throw the milk away after i eat my cereal what is wrong with you actually, actually like the whole point of a bowl of cereal is to drink the cereal milk is it though that is the entire point i mean i use vanilla almond milk and cereal vanilla almond milk is really good nah okay why are we talking about we, we talked about this great OP rod. This OP rod. Welcome to milk and D&D. Milk. Are you ready to talk about <laughs> Iced milk and D&D. Gross. Why is uh, it gross? Had, it's just chill. I just don't like milk. I just, so many people have lactose intolerances in adulthood, and it just doesn't seem right. Ah. I do not. I don't know if I am, and I refuse to address it as I eat more ice cream. Do you drink anything besides sweet tea? Let's, while we're... Uh, Let's not open this can of worms, <laughs> uh-huh, sir. Uh-huh. I'm not on trial here, Mr. Ice Milk. Leave me alone. All right. You should what? drink water right. sometimes. Let's do our, our, our Let's, DM. What's you our got topic? a tip for us? What's the tip? Okay. Or just the tip? My, my topic that I wanted covered by an expert DM who understands rules and shit this week was chase mechanics and exhaustion. Where are we going to get one of those? <laughs> I don't know. I might call someone. <laughs> Uh, can I can I use my lifeline? <laughs> As with most of our DM tips, this came up because it happened in my personal campaign, and I didn't know the mechanics, and we had to we we proceeded to do this over our Discord roleplay because we needed to come up with rules for how the chase would work. But um, yeah, I'd like to hear how you do chase mechanics. How, well, my first question is, how did you guys do chase mechanics in your game? So we were chasing a dragon that we almost killed, but it got away because it can fly and we can't fly. Not yet. <laughs> um, yeah. Our wizard's really excited about getting fly in the future. Um, so this dragon was super injured and flying away, and we were basically trying to track it on the ground, which is already kind of a losing battle. 
Yeah, they have a really high sp- fly speed, depending on how old the dragon is. Yeah. Um, it was not an old dragon. It no, was it was a young, dragon. it was a young dragon. All right. Yeah. Uh, but it was still probably about 50 it was feet. still faster than we were. Um, and I think he, he cut its fly speed a little bit because it had like two HP left. The thing was like death's door. Um, and so basically we were rolling constitution saves, like assuming we were all dashing, we were rolling constitution saves each round to see if we took a level of exhaustion. And at a certain Mm -hmm. point, the dragon was doing the same. And at a certain point, when you hit a certain exhaustion level, you fell out of the chase. Um, and if all of us fell out of the chase before the dragon did, um, which ultimately is what happened, then we lost the dragon. So, yeah. um, I was not in, I wasn't really in this chase because I'm significantly slower than the rest of my party. Um, who mostly have 35 feet of movement and then our wizard was riding on the back of our druid who was an elk or a stag or something so they were all going really fast and i was like a thousand feet behind by the time this ended um but yeah that's how we did it yeah i i'm i like that one i haven't really done exhaustion in terms of this before because normally they're not like, yeah, if you're running a long time, for sure, exhaustion comes into play. But if it's, like, a few rolls in an encounter, like, if you're in combat and chasing after them, if it starts as a combat and they're running away or they're chasing you, that is an option. Yeah, so the Chase way the that we... The, shit out of them. the way that... I forgot about this part because we retconned it some. You didn't have to start rolling the constitution saves until the number of rounds of your constitution modifier, I believe, or, yeah, so I didn't have to start rolling, and I'm probably butchering this, um, but it was like, I didn't have to start rolling exhaustion saves till later than other people because my constitution modifier is higher. I don't remember if it was equal to our constitution modifier or if it was like, two plus our constitution modifier but at some point based on your constitution modifier number of rounds you had to start rolling those exhaustion yeah saves yeah and that's that's good i think that's a good way to play it mine mine is always on the fact that each character has a different speed right Mm -hmm. and if a chase ensues and you're as the dm trying to continue a plot forward like your dm might have never expected you to take that dragon and nearly kill it and that DM might have plans for that. And sometimes you have to lie to your players and say they boost away. They do this. Like, that's that's understandable. Sorry, players. It's true. Uh, but the other <laughs> thing is I've, I've always done it as what are you doing? Do you you're probably not using any other things. I would just say you're limited to your action and your move action mm-hmm. if you're running because you don't really have time to do something else okay yeah we uh, made it complicated and- by using you know the monk was using key points to get and maybe yeah. the rogue were getting extra dashes i think i misty yep. stepped at some point to try to catch up with people we were throwing bonus action things yeah and you could say bonus i'd say you'd lose your reaction for sure mm-hmm. but you you would not be able to dash if you took an action right like you you can't dash action if you choose to attack yeah that's just how it goes on that and you could you can either use say strength checks or acrobatics checks to try to keep pace maybe you're gonna outpace them so i would say it'd be really good if the party is like hey we all have the same speed 
as long as we keep moving, it's not going to happen, right? Like we're always going to go if you everyone with a dash is 30 feet plus thir- doubled, right? Mm-hmm. That's 60 feet every round. Everyone's moving 60 feet. Unless you're coming in to like a hill or difficult terrain or something like that, your pace isn't going to slow. So if it comes to where everyone moves around the same pace, yeah, start rolling off. Dexterity, athletics, anything you think might fit for that. If the character is naturally fast, let them use their abilities. The monks are designed to be fast. They can run so damn fast. Let them do it and try to stop them. The other thing to consider is what other things can the party use? And there are multiple options. Like if they're not too far and you just try to get into range to cast a spell, like hold person, like give them the opportunity to kind of maybe overexert to try to stop it or roll their magic to extend the length of it Mm. uh, to kind of give the players more of it. Make that you might not make that call if you need this person to escape or you might have to throw something else in or give them their ability to teleport. That's another thing. It's always a little rough for that. Uh, especially if you need that person later. But I think one of the advice I could give to DM is remember to be flexible. If yeah. this person dies, throw in another one. Maybe they're a henchman. Maybe they're not high up the rank. Someone else is going to take their place in your evil schemes. Just introduce them. It might take a little more time. But it's normally some type of check to see if you catch up in time. But if you have a higher speed, you're probably going to win. For example, if you were to fly with a fly spell, I believe you get a speed of 60 feet. So if that person takes a turn to cast fly on themselves, if they don't already have it, they lose 60 feet, but they gain 120 the next one, and they can try to catch up. So it's it's a good way for players to use utilities that they have on them to try and outdo this chase. Or do something to delay them. If the player's like, ah, crap, this giant monster is chasing me and tangle whatever it takes to try to lay traps behind them. It's going to delay them, but they got to keep moving either way or try to stop the creature. Cool. Yeah, I like that. It hadn't even, like, because our goal was to get one of the spellcasters in range to shoot off a spell, a magic. Yeah. I think the wizard had magic, was going to magic missile or something, and he just yep. needed to get within, like, 120 feet um i as a paladin i don't think have anything that's more than 30 feet but um but he and the druid did and so they were just trying to get in range to get one spell off and yeah but we kept i mean the dragon was faster than us it made complete sense that we couldn't catch the flying dragon that was much faster than we could run so but the idea of like being able to like can i try to cast it farther um i don't know we're we're kind of a rules as written group. It feels like so maybe we didn't. That yeah. didn't even occur to any of us. But I, that didn't even occur to me. It's a cool idea. I like it. You could do that, and the the role for that is either extend it using your casting modifier. So like a cleric tries to cast hold person at a distance, they got to roll a wisdom modifier to do it. If they succeed at doing it, though. There's got to be an exhaustion on the body. So mm. maybe they don't even make a roll for exhaustion. They hit level one exhaustion right there. Yeah. And that's an just established mechanic? Yeah. Exhaustion. No, I, I just made it. Oh, you just made it up. up. Okay. I was just curious. No. Exhaustion is. Exhaustion is. Uh, exhaustion yeah. is, but I was talking about like but spell casting pressure Rules is written said. Stuff like that. Yeah. Hold person as a specific range. It's either 30 or 60 feet. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, there's, you can, if you try to exhaust it, I'm not saying you could double the length of it, uh-huh. uh, but another thing to think about is if it had two HP and you had a, a an air, bow and arrow, they, their range is like 360 feet, right? Mm-hmm. So if one of them had, for example, long bows are the longest shots, right? 
Uh, I just Googled Longbow and forgot to put 5E after it, so <laughs> I'm an idiot. Uh, oh, have, this is real life bow and arrow. I yeah, don't know what to do with that. Yeah. So uh, if if you're unfamiliar with ranged weapons, and this is kind of another DM tip, you get a two for one. Uh, whenever you see the range value of a object, uh, anything like that, its normal range is 150. The goal is to try to shoot something between zero and, well, technically it should be five feet and 150 feet. Because if you are close combat with a bow, you have disadvantage because it's ranged in melee combat. Book. Uh, <laughs> but over 150 Nerd. feet, you have disadvantage. Mm. Over 600 feet for a long bow, you don't hit it. So there would have been a really cool moment if somebody had a long bow and it's only 550 feet away. It's still disadvantaged. But if they make that shot and do two damage, which their modifier would probably do that alone, the dragon falls from the sky. Mm-hmm. So check your ranges if you're in a chase scene. That's also a very good option. Yeah. Yeah, I'm assuming yeah. none of y'all had any arrows. Uh, I would druid probably did. I don't know. She she shoots arrows sometimes, but no, I don't but know. She was I also thought it was. I thought something. it like. I don't. I'm not litigating it because I thought it was very fun. I never anticipated that we would chase after the flying dragon. And the funny thing was, this only happened after a series of nat ones, like six nat ones in two rounds. It was insane. That's that's fine. And the DM's like, at this point, you guys just like aren't going to kill. Like we were so close, and we just kept failing and failing and failing. And it was just so funny. It really was very funny. And I'm, you know, it's. Like, I'm excited at the prospect that this young green dragon's going to go away and grow up and someday show back up as an adult green dragon. And it's very fun. So, yeah. Or um, your group, was that how you ended the session? With what? With it running? It just, it Which, escaped. <laughs> yeah. It's like, track it down. Have some fun. Yeah. You got a ranger, right? Nope. Oh, druid? Yeah. They're pretty good at tracking. Uh, I'm, but pretty, yeah, I'm you fairly just, good like, at tracking, but. Yeah. Uh, but I think the biggest thing that I heard from that is that you're like, we were having fun. It was a good chase sequence. So find whatever works at your table or what is keeping the group intrigued and go for mm-hmm. it. Yeah. yeah. From my I, understanding. I won't speak for everybody. Yeah. Because my understanding I think there some was people, one person or two people. That, yeah. That well, yeah. Because it's frustrating to have didn't. the odds against you sometimes. Right. But I was like, it's yeah. fine. Like this, they're like, I don't know. It's a made-up pretend game. Like, the consequences don't feel real to me when things fail. They're just fun. Um, Till your character dies, you'll keep that mentality. Yeah, I am totally prepared. I played my character very reckless on purpose as part of her backstory. Um, And I am totally... I don't have a backup character. I should. But making... I have trouble with character creation, unlike most people, it seems. Some people just, like character 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 idea yeah i don't have that sort of character creation inspiration but i am totally prepared to have my character die like i that it just makes sense for her to be reckless and die in something um so yeah as long as you're dying for a cause yeah if it fills your backstory do it yeah so i any go ahead any book plugs in thomas's corner thomas you got any more book club plugs i've got <laughs> book club plug something like book that i plug. i have one if you don't oh do you yeah i'm trying to do remember it. if i've already done it though we you haven't done any okay so my book recommendation this week is all systems red ah, good, by good martha series. wells um also known as the murder bot 
series. Yep, Murder Bot. Um, this is about a cyborg robot person um, who gets picked up by some friendly people and is no longer basically a slave. Well, they they escape their programming. Yes, they basically they hack their own programming and Become... be able be able to make their own decisions. Yes, um, yeah. it's very fun. The character is very sarcastic. Um, it's um, it's very like they call themselves. They call themselves Murderbot is the name they give themselves. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's how they. Yeah, it's very dry humor, very self deprecating, very fun. Um, I and they're like novelettes too. They're yes, not they're like very books. short. There's like I mean they're books, but there's they're five short. or six of them. They're very short stories. Pick the first one up, try it. Um, I highly recommend. It's very very fun very series fun. if you like a little bit of humor in your in your space. Uh, yep, because it is space. Space, what's the word? It's not an opera. Um, I don't Just know. sci-fi. Just sci-fi space-based books. Not a magic. Fun. There's no magic system in this one. No magic in this one. Just cyber. Just tech. No. Just cyber. <laughs> Just cyber stuff. All right, y'all ready to wrap up? Other than our socials, which you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. But mostly and Instagram. <laughs> Mainly Instagram. Yeah, if you've listened before, you know that by now. <laughs> uh, we're on Instagram. Um, any, I don't have any other plugs. Book club plugs. Nope, that didn't come out right. It Book sounds too plug. much. Yeah, it's too hard to say. Say bye. 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 Book club club.